This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. If your room starts to leak or your floor's really squeaky, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888 money pit. The Money Pit is presented by RoofMax, Wagner Sprayers, and the Angie App. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here to help you take on the projects you want to get done around your house. So as you look around at your four walls, or maybe you got a lot more walls outside the house, depending on how your house is built, but as you stare at those walls outside or in and all the things that are on them and in them and through them. There's got to be a project that you'd like to get done, something that's really been bugging you, but you don't have the knowledge, the skill set, the time to get going on it. Well, let's talk it over because I'm sure that we can help. We can save you time. We can save you money. We can tell you what to ask for if you're hiring a pro for it. But you got to reach out and help yourself first by calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit, or better yet, go to moneypit.com slash ask and click the blue microphone button for the fastest possible response. Coming up on today's show, with all the frenzy of modern life, are you longing for the days of past when you just sat outside and chatted with neighbors and enjoyed a nice cold drink and a rocker? Well, porches is where all of that happens, and they're actually making a big comeback. We're going to share some details just ahead. And you have rooms in your house that are just too hot all of the time? Well, if you're using window air conditioners, we've got some simple tips for installing those units that can help cool your house a lot faster. And if your roof is more than 10 or 15 years old, you might be thinking that it's going to be time to replace it soon. We're going to share a way that you can extend the life of that roof for at least five years at a cost that's about 80% less than a roof replacement. And if you need some help with a renovation, or perhaps a repair, or a big decor project, or maybe a huge project, well, whatever it is, we here at the Team Money Pit, we want to help you make those projects go very smoothly. We're here to help you create your best home ever and tackle all of those to-dos with confidence. So reach out with those questions right now to one eight 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 Money Pit. That's eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Or go to moneypit.com slash ask. We've got Catherine in Delaware on the line who's got a question about a fire pit. How can we help you today? Well, I'd love to have a homemade fire pit in my backyard. I don't want to buy a metal one. They'll only get rusty, right? Yeah, they do, but they last a heck of a long time. You know, I did not want to put a built-in fire pit in my backyard because I I didn't want to have to, uh, you know, deal with it in the off-seasons. It would be hard to shovel around and and that sort of stuff when the snow hits. So I actually personally have been using a metal fire pit for many years, and, you know, I find that they last, uh, gosh, five to eight years before they start to show any wear and tear. So I'm not afraid to use a metal fire pit, but I can tell you that if you want to do a brick fire pit 
or a paver brick fire pit, there's lots of options right out there. Um, one company that makes a kit for it is Rumblestone. It's the Pavestone company. And these Rumblestone pavers, they'll sell you basically all the, all the bricks that you need. The Rumblestone are sort of like rough, a rough, beautiful colored stone that you assemble into a circle pattern. And then the way they design it, there's a metal like sort of liner that drops right into the stone and that's where you build your fire. So you can do it yourself, uh, but you could also purchase a, a fire pit. Depends on, you know, what look you are going for and how long you want it to last. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 money pit. Thank you. I will. Bye-bye. All right. Now we're heading down to Florida where Will is dealing with some unexpected visitors, daddy long leg spiders. How can we help you? Not in the garage. And there's a lot of daddy long legs. I try to spray a couple of different things inside the garage, and they seem to keep coming back, and I don't know how to get rid of them. Okay. Well, I mean, I can give you a recipe for a sort of a natural way to deter them, and that is if you take a cup of white vinegar and a third cup of vanilla extract, if you put that in a spray bottle and you shake it and spray the areas where the daddy long legs have been spotted indoors and out, that smell, that combination of the vinegar and vanilla is really offensive to them and it will repel the insects without you having to add any additional toxins to your environment. The other thing to do is sort of basic cleaning in the sense that uh, when you see the, the, the spiders and the nest, make sure you're vacuuming them up. That's the easiest way to get rid of them and to keep that space as dry as you can. And then finally, you could use sticky traps as well. Sticky traps, if you lay them where you start to see them collect, they will get stuck to them and they won't go any further. So there are a few ways for you to deal with it. Does that help? Oh, yeah, that sounds great. All right, excellent. Well, good luck with the project. Now we've got Marie from Ontario on the line who's got a ceiling fan question. What's going on at your money pit? Well, actually, I'm in a one, a floor, one just a floor ranch, okay? Three-bedroom okay. ranch. Yep. No basement, just a, a good concrete crawl space that's insulated. No problem down there. My furnace is down there. But I would like to know, please, um, is it financially better off to use ceiling fans and just have the fan on, my air, my air conditioner fan on, or run the air conditioner itself. Okay, I'm going to give you um, um, a different answer than that because I wouldn't I wouldn't say that the ceiling fans are, are decorative in my view, and they're not necessarily an efficient way to move air through your house. But I'll tell you what is, and that's called a whole house fan. So where you have um, a fan that's basically mounted. You said you have a ranch, so it would be mounted in the ceiling probably of the hall, and it will take air from the house, and it will pull it up into the attic, and then you enlarge the vents in your attic to make sure it can exhaust that air. And whenever it gets a little bit thick outside, a little bit uncomfortable, what you do is you open a window, a couple of windows or doors at each end of the house, and you run that that whole house fan. If you run it even at a low speed, it will pull a really nice breeze through the house. And what that does, it has the effect of delaying how much your air conditioning you actually have to use. You know, I had one in a, in a house that I owned when we first got married, and it was great because we would turn it on just a low speed in the evening and go to bed, and, and by the time uh, we fell asleep, the fan went off, and the evening had gotten you know much cooler, and we were comfortable for the whole night. So I think a whole house fan, in terms of comfort, is a better option than ceiling fans. And in terms of the, uh, the air conditioner um, itself, you know, I think if you were to limit the amount of time you used it because you could trade off between the whole house and the ceiling fan, you're going to save money on your AC, too. I meant, like, my furnace fan itself, not using the AC, 
My furnace fan. Oh, your furnace fan? Yeah, furnace fan is definitely that definitely does not make sense to, to use. That's a very expensive way to move air through your house. So, oh, okay. Uh, yep. Yeah, same answer. A different fan, but same answer. So the best situation, the best solution would be to put the the fan in the hall. Yep, to whole suck house up the fan. Air through the house. And, and don't confuse this with an attic fan. I'm not talking about the little round silver duck. This is a whole house fan, and it's a it's a quite large footprint. It's usually maybe about two foot in diameter, maybe a little bit more depending on the size you buy. And it has a, a set of baffles that, that are like or louvers that lay flat. And when you turn them on, they gently open up and they pull a nice breeze through the house. It's really marvelous. Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much. I, I didn't mean to be ignorant, but, you know, yeah, you do. No, no, no. Oh, you, do call you, can't, you can't possibly <laughs> I be. I love it. And I do listen to you any chance I can. All right. Uh, any chance I get. <laughs> and I want to say that you, when we called you, you said, you do call people back. How about that? Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> and I greatly appreciate that. Thank you. So it's called a whole household? Whole house? Whole house. Fan? A whole house fan. W-H-O-L-E. A whole house fan. Whole yes. house. Like the whole thing. Okay. Right. Great. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much. All right, much. Marie. Good luck. Be safe. Bye-bye. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Do you love learning about home improvement on our podcast? Well, we love bringing you all the latest tips and tricks. And if you want to make us smile, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Just go to moneypit.com slash review. Butch in Texas is on the line right now with the Money Pit and has a question about bathroom venting. What's going on? I listen to you guys every week, and you solve a lot of my problems that I had with my Money Pit just listening. (laughs) Well, we're glad we could help you out. What's going on with this bathroom? I'm getting ready to put the home on the market, and I had a home inspector come out. And he noted that the bathroom off the kitchen fits directly into the attic. Okay. So are we talking about the, the uh, plumbing vent pipe, or are we talking about the uh, the bathroom fan? The bathroom fan. Okay. And he said that that uh, needed go directly to the outside. Yep. Okay. If I were able to run uh, some flex pipe like you would put on a dryer and vent it out directly to the wind turbine, or do I need to have someone come out and cut a hole in the roof and vent it that way? So first of all, that wind turbine uh, that you're describing is not a very good attic vent. They're 
famously ineffective. They look great because they spin, they make noise, but they don't really do a great job venting the attic. So I certainly wouldn't just position a dry, an exhaust duct near that. The best way to vent this would be to go to the nearest exterior wall. So if this is like a traditional gable roof, you can use that triangle-shaped sort of end wall of the, of the roof structure and then have it uh, vented out right through the siding. There is a, a piece of venting material that's designed to go in the wall and not be and not leak. There's also a vent that's designed for a roof. So you can either have one put in the roof or have one put in the sidewall. Uh, and that's really the best way to do that. The other thing that you can possibly do, and some people do this, although I'm not a big fan of it, if you happen to have large soffit vents, you could take that duct and run it over towards the soffit, just sort of point it down towards the vent. But the problem is that if you get a lot of moisture and humidity, especially in the winter, you're going to get a lot of condensation on the wood right above it, and that can cause rot. So the best option is to take it right out through the sidewall or through the roof. But as to the idea of just sort of leaving it dangling near that uh, turbine vent, I don't think that's going to work very well. Okay. Uh, I looked at my local home improvement store, and they had some of the flex venting units, but it said that they were not made to run more than like 30 feet maximum. Well, how many feet do you have to go? I mean, that's that's pretty far. Well, uh, unfortunately, to take it to the end gable on the roof where, you know, how the, they traditionally at each end of the, the roof, there's... A vent. Yeah, there's a vent. Right. That's about... 40 feet away. Both ways? So your house is 80 feet long? It's off the kitchen, so it's about 40 feet from... Well, look, then I don't think that's a good option. I think you should go up through the roof. All right. Have a roof vent put in to uh, exhaust the dryer duct. They make them. It's a certain configuration of vent. And then what I would use is metal flex duct, or you could use solid duct, too. You know, you don't have to use flex duct. Um, And I guess if you did want to go out to that gable, you could use solid duct, too. Now, you can buy that. It actually is sold flat in sections that are about uh, six feet long, and then it rolls and locks together and becomes a round duct, and you can connect those several of those together and have a long, straight run of metal duct. Thank you both so much. Well, are you looking for a little extra square feet for storage or relaxation, or maybe even for an entertainment center or a guest bed? Well, the surprise solution might already be right under your nose and under your roof. It's a porch. Yeah, you know, porches are making a huge comeback. They're showing up in a growing number of new constructions, and if they only make you think of the olden days, well, think again. Now, new porches are being equipped with radiant heat panels in the flooring, glare-proof mesh instead of traditional screens, and other features that not only make them comfortable, but fit for year-round use. Now, if you're not building a new home anytime soon, but you want to get in on the trend, screening in an existing deck is a great way to get that much-needed extra space or to just extend your day-to-day living outdoors options. And once you do, you can consider a variety of weatherproofing features that allow for televisions, for couches, for other unexpected touches on your porch. Yeah, and you know what? Extra seating could be called for, too. Porches are great for introducing you to neighbors that you might not have met otherwise. But before you invite anyone up, make sure your porch is structurally sound, weatherproofed, and ready for its revival. Yeah, that's a great point because, remember, porches are not really built the way the foundation of your house is built. So very often they're going to sag and sort of lean away from the house. So if you're seeing that sort of thing, have it checked out to make sure it's structural before you start investing more money on sort of the cosmetic ends of it. And you can get more tips on repairing everything from porch doors to floors and railings 
at moneypit.com. Just search Porch Repair. Robin in Missouri is looking to relax, but that's not happening with mold in the jacuzzi. What's going on? We have this large uh, bathtub jacuzzi, and it has a marble uh, stairs and trim around it. And it's a beautiful jacuzzi, but I noticed that the pipes, there was like, I don't know if it's like mold coming out of it or what. It When we got the house, it set for a while, and um, and then we filled it up and put palm olive dishwashing liquid in it, you know, and tried to clean it out and so on. And I bet you got very sudsy when you did that. That's what they said to do. And anyway, we also got it... Um, glazed or painted, you know, as they usually say, and uh-huh. it kind of faded off, and we had the fixtures painted, too, and we thought the people that were doing it were really reputable, but now um, the fixtures, you know, where the jets are, the rings around the jets and so right. on, they're the paint's kind of fading. and um, All right. So it sounds to me like we're talking about two issues here. Number one, you have some sort of growth that's been inside the, the, the internal plumbing system of this jetted tub. And secondly, the finish has faded, and you had it restored some time ago, and the finish is starting to fade and chip and, and so on. So let's t- tackle the second one first. It's very, very hard to refinish a, a plumbing fixture. I can tell you that right now. Uh, there is a way to do it. It's extremely caustic. I don't even know if you could do it to uh, a jetted tub, which is usually a a fiberglass type material. It's hard, very hard to do when it's a you know cast iron the tubs and, and sinks that folks love to restore. Which is a very very caustic process. And then the the products that they sell that you can sort of paint over them, you know, don't have uh, nearly the life expectancy that you would hope for. In terms of whatever may be going on in the internal plumbing system, you know, what I have uh, often advised over the years is to use a bleach solution. So if you were to fill that tub up. And, you know, run, uh, if you've got a big tub and you run a half gallon or a gallon of bleach through that, through those jets, you know, that's going to help to sanitize anything that's growing in there. So if it was my tub, I'd probably fill it up with hot water, throw in some bleach, and let the thing run for a while. I wouldn't put anything sudsy in there because, you know, if you, there's a reason that dishwasher detergent, for example, doesn't suds up. It's designed not to do that. But if you put dishwasher, if you put dish soap in there, it's going to suds up like crazy. But I think all you really need is hot water uh, and some bleach to sanitize it. And that might do a pretty good job of cleaning it. And I know that the uh, the jetted tub industry have other special products that they sell for the very same reason. But I think it's important to do that because you don't want anything growing in the internal plumbing and then, you know, potentially making uh, someone reactive, having an allergic reaction or making them sick or something. So I would definitely want to clean that out. So I know that's not the answer you want to hear about the painted surface, but it is certainly uh, the way to sanitize uh, the, the internal plumbing system of it. Okay. And yeah, that's why I never use that tub. I just don't use it. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have a good feeling for the right reason. So, <laughs> so yeah. why don't you give it a shot, though, and see if we can clean this thing out and let it. And if we start to see that's growing, you know, it's consistently, you know, shooting out some clean water. Maybe you'd be feel better about uh, dropping into it now and again. Okay. What about the um, the jet fixtures on it and um, the tub itself? How do I get that glaze type finish off of it? Well, if you're talking about the plumbing fixtures, like the faucet, like the spout and that sort of thing, those you would simply have to replace. If you're talking about the body of the tub and you've already refinished it once, there's not going to be much you can do about that. It's just going to be the wear and tear of that, of that, uh, of that particular appliance from now on out. Okay. So I'll probably just replace it. Yeah, well, that would solve everything, wouldn't it? <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Dave in Iowa's got an issue at his money pit where something smells a little stinky like rotten eggs. What's going on? Oh, well, I just bought a farmhouse about three, four years ago, and I have this rotten egg smell in my house all the time, and I also, my my sinks and my toilets and my bathtubs are all rusty. Um, I was wondering if you have any ideas for me. I do have a water softener. So, first of all, the rotten egg smell usually happens because of a bad anode in the water heater itself. That's a rod that's immersed into the water, and over time it deteriorates. And if you have a bad anode, it can be removed and replaced without replacing the entire water heater. The other potential cause of this is the water quality itself. But is this well water? Yeah, this is well water. So have you had it tested lately to see, you know, among other things, what the sulfur content is? No, I haven't. So I would be smart to do that. And in this way, you want to make sure that nothing has changed that you're not aware of in terms of the quality of the water. But typically, it's because of a problem with the water heater that leads to that odor. Now, in terms of the rusty fixtures, you know, that's just going to be wear and tear. That's going to have nothing to do with with the water quality for the most part. 
So that ought to do it. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Well, do you have some rooms in your house that are just too hot, like all the time? If you're using a window air conditioner to make your home comfortable, installing that AC in the right way can actually make it more efficient and help cool your house a heck of a lot faster. Yeah, you know, first of all, you need to pick the right size for the room that you need it for, and you can use a sizing calculator to help you do that. Now, most manufacturers have these on their websites. If you can, install the window AC in a window on the shady side of the house. The cooler the area that that AC is located in, the less work it actually has to do to cool the warm air in your house. Yeah, that's right. That's why installing them on the north side or the east side of the house is always better than the south or the west. Now, you also need to be sure to close storm windows on the remaining windows. These can help keep warm drafts from adding to the heat load of the house in the summer in just the same way that they keep rooms warmer by blocking cold air in the winter. Works both ways. And lastly, don't forget to fill the gap between the lower and the upper window with a foam gasket. This is going to help keep that cool air inside the house and also keep those bugs from making their way in from the outside. Gail in Massachusetts is on the line and suspects that there could be mold afoot at the money pit. What's going on? My den has um, a moldy kind of smell to it, but mostly after it rains. And I don't know if there's a device that can be used to put it up against Uh, the device against the wall to see if there's any uh, moisture or mold or anything like that. So your den smells damp after it rains. Okay. How is your den constructed? Is it on a concrete slab or is it on a crawl space or a basement? It's right above my garage. Well, you're probably getting a lot of humidity from that garage. It's working its way up into that space. So it's not totally surprising. I think necessarily what you're smelling is mold. It could be some mold in there, but I wouldn't jump to that conclusion. It might just be the dampness and the humidity as it passes through the building materials, uh, mm-hmm. you know, getting up in that space and just uh, leaving some odors behind. I think ventilation is a solution for you here and probably better air conditioning and perhaps even some dehumidification. You have a um, central air conditioning system? I do. So there's a whole home dehumidifier that can be added to that that will speed up the amount of moisture that it will take out because You know, air conditioners will take out moisture, but what happens is they tend to not take out enough, and sometimes it can still feel kind of clammy, but a a whole house dehumidifier does it all, and it'll take out, I mean, most whole house dehumidifiers can take out like 100 quarts of water a day, and that can be built right into the system. And you know what? The other ones rely on the owner to empty them, make sure it's set to the right humidistat. You know, it's much better to have the whole house one. Yeah, yeah, because I have one in my basement right now that I keep emptying. Yeah, that's way too much work. (laughs) You don't have to do that. And by the way, the fact that you have moisture in the basement and you have this up above the garage, you may want to look at, just generally speaking, all of the uh, drainage sources around the outside of your house. Because if your gutters are clogged, if your downspouts aren't extended away, if the soil around the house is too flat, you're basically holding a lot of water against that foundation perimeter. And that could be a problem because that's going to lead to dampness, humidity, and potentially even flooding. Oh, okay. So we don't really have um, a water problem in our basement, but I'm wondering if the... Um so if I just make sure the gutters are Well, let me out. just stop you right there. The fact that you have to use a dehumidifier that collects enough water that has to be dumped, that is a water problem, okay? You're just not seeing it yet, okay? So you do have a water problem. You just don't know it. Yeah, yeah. And um, also the washer and dryer are in the closet of the den, and I didn't know whether and it was just recently installed. And so I didn't know whether that was kind of a problem because it almost smells like part of the bathroom. Yeah, I think you got to stop 
tra- chasing these smells down and start dealing with the core issue, which is the high humidity and the moisture. I think that's okay. going to solve it all. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Doug in Florida is on the line with a question about a patio. What's going on at your money pit? I've got a concrete deck around or, or deck area around my pool. And when it rains, wherever I've got patty furniture, it, it creates rust stains. And also where the ladders and the handrails come out of the pool, there's always rust stains around that. And I use a product from Home Depot called Goof Off that works great temporarily. It goes away immediately, but then it always seems to come back with, with time in like a couple weeks' time. I wonder if there's a permanent solution to get rid of those rust stains. So this is from rain. It's not from the sprinklers? Well, it's a combination. I've got it. Close to the pool where the sprinklers don't hit, and then I've got it on the edges from the sprinklers also. It's pretty common when it happens because of the sprinklers, and the only way to deal with that is to put some sort of a water filtration system on it that's going to keep that that iron out of the water. So it's basically iron in the groundwater that is causing that rust deposit. And so it's no surprise that it's it's coming back in two weeks. It just continues to reaccumulate. In terms of the rust that occurs around the furniture or around the, uh, the, um, like the pool ladder, I'm thinking that that's probably because water is collecting there just draining down and kind of sitting in that area. That's why it looks more obvious that, because I don't think it's rust that's actually forming in the furniture or the pool ladder, because those would not be metals that are going to rust. So I think this is mostly what is actually in that groundwater that's uh, landing on that surface and causing this rust stain deposit to happen. And you're right, goof-off does work really super well for that. And there's no real uh, permanent solution then for it, huh? Just keep using it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can't stop Mother Nature unless with the sprinkler system, like I said, if you were to put an iron-based filter in it, that would stop iron deposits from getting through the water and onto the patio surface. So that would have a big impact on it. But of course, there's an expense associated with that. Right. Is that a filter that goes on like the pump that comes from the yes, well? Yes, exactly. Or, okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Between the well and the, and the head, I, basically. Is that something mm-hmm. I can do myself or? You know, it's not It's not terribly difficult if you um, are if pretty, pretty handy with plumbing projects. Yeah, not so much. So. <laughs> <laughs> You might want to have your sprinkler pro do that. At least he's honest. Well, Doug's honest. Guys. Thanks for your uh, All right. my question. All right. well, yeah, good luck with that. You're on the right track. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Well, if your roof is more than 10 or 15 years old, you might be thinking that it's going to be time to replace it soon. And you might be right. You know, as roofs age, the shingles dry out and lose their water resistancy. Now, this is especially true today because most shingles have less asphalt in them than ever before, which means they dry out all that much faster. So when that happens, the shingles need to be replaced, which gets pretty expensive. Now is another option, though, and that is called Roof Max. It's a roof rejuvenation treatment that restores the flexibility and waterproofing protection of aging asphalt shingle roofs. And this can save you actually 80% over the cost of a traditional roof replacement. Yeah, you know, RoofMax's new technology uses natural plant-based bio-oil for a full asphalt shingle restoration. And that's going to give shingles flexibility and instantly add five years of life to a new roof. 
Yeah, it's kind of like when you treat an older deck or driveway to give them a few more years. RoofMax does something similar for asphalt shingle roofs, only they use a revolutionary new technology that soaks those old, brittle shingles with millions of microbeads of natural bio-oil to restore their flexibility and prepare them to better protect your home. Now, I witnessed this at my mom's house down in Florida. She had a 15-year-old roof, and I was there when the RoofMax crew came, and they applied the treatment, and man, what a huge difference it made in that flexibility. And they even had a building inspector, a local licensed building inspector, certify that it had at least five more years of life left in it as a result of the treatment. And those roofs take a lot of sun and a lot of beating down there in Florida, so that's a huge improvement. Now, each RoofMax treatment comes with a five-year flexibility guarantee. With three treatments possible once every five years, RoofMax adds up to 15 years of added life to your asphalt roof. To learn more, set up an appointment with your local RoofMax installer at RoofMax.com. That's RoofMAXX.com. These guys can do a free assessment and decide if your roof is a good candidate for roof rejuvenation. That's RoofMAXX.com. Heading to Nebraska now where Ellie's on the line with a window question. What can we do for you today? I'm replacing a window in the lower level of our home, and I was wondering if you had an opinion as to what would be the best material for the window, vinyl, wood, composite. What kind of a window do you have there now? Is it a standard sort of double-hung window? Um, no, it's actually five windows in one. It's nine foot by oh, three foot. Oh, that's a big foot. job, yeah. My first point would be that you need to make sure you're buying an energy-efficient window because with a space that big, you want to make sure that you're using um, well-insulated glass. So I would only buy one that was Energy Star rated. And you want to make sure okay. that the glass is going to have a low emissivity coating or low E coating because what that does is that reflects the sunlight back out so it doesn't overheat your house. Otherwise, you're going to heat that space up like a big old greenhouse with a nine-foot window. Um, in terms of the material itself, I think outside the house, you want something that's very, very weatherproof like vinyl. And inside the house, depending on the window you buy, it can be wood or it could be vinyl. So if you look at a window like an Anderson window, they have beautiful windows that are wood on the inside uh, and vinyl on the outside kind of gives you the best of both worlds. But again, there are many different types of manufacturers out there. The most important thing is not as much the material, but the certification to make sure that it's an efficient window that's going to perform well for you and last a long, long time. We will look for those energy ratings then. All right. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Sarah wrote in to Team Money Pit saying, I recently remodeled my kitchen, including adding a new stove. My problem is that now I seem to have more of a greasy film on everything after I cook. Is this a ventilation problem? Would installing a better fan help? You know, it might. So first of all, I wonder if your new stove is more powerful than your old stove. Because if that's the case, and maybe you're still using the old ventilation hood, I don't know, it may not be big enough to take out the amount of heat and steam and oil and grease coming off that stove. Or maybe the stove hood that you put in uh, isn't installed properly or isn't sized properly. You know, I've seen that these hoods, uh, when they come out of the box, there's usually a baffle that you have to move to get them to work right, depending on what they're designed to do, whether they're recirculating or whether they are a true exhaust fan. And if you don't uh, adjust the baffle properly, then it may not be actually working to its fullest potential. So installation uh, is definitely a concern. I would, if I was you, I would turn that fan on and see what kind of an updraft we have out of it. I mean, you could take like a sheet of paper towel and hold it near the fan and see if it just draws in really quick to the filter, which is where that exhaust is sort of going through, give you a sense as to how much suction you have there. You can also look outside to make sure it's not obstructed, it's fully open, that the vent's not blocked by a bird's nest, that kind of thing does happen. 
Um, and if not, if all of that stuff checks out right and you don't have a recirculating fan, well, then you might want to beef it up and get a bigger fan, a more powerful fan, and have that installed. It's just basically happening because you don't have enough air moving from that kitchen to the outside. Oh, and Sarah, to have such a beautiful new kitchen and then have this problem, I'm so sorry. Hopefully you can pinpoint it and make those changes and get cooking in no time. Well, fireplace is a welcome addition in the cold season, but in the summer, it's just kind of this big brick hole, right? Well, it doesn't have to be. Leslie's got tips on how to spruce up that space in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie, we can't fire up the fire, but we sure can spruce it up to look good, huh? Yeah, I mean, you really can. And it's sad because a fireplace is so lovely and so homey and just makes that living room feel complete in those cooler months. But in the summer, you're just kind of staring at it. So here's some ideas. You can do a lot of great things to dress it up and then incorporate it into that seasonal or even just your home's regular decor. So think about replacing logs with a group of pillar candles. You can even find stylish candle holders. I've seen at Crate and Barrel. I've seen at Pottery Barn that are sort of staggered in heights so that you can put those pillar candles on them. And it does this wonderful job of creating this fun dimensional landscape of candles. Or just go ahead and head to the craft store and buy pillar candles in assorted heights, assorted widths, and just kind of stagger them in there yourself. You don't even have to light them. You can even better, but it's just a great way to fill up that space and give it some dimension. Another thing is a collection of plants, nice greenery, something in there to just liven up that space. Ferns do well in shade and they really do add a beautiful punch of life to a room. And then finally, go the simple route. Think about getting a fireplace screen. You can get so many beautiful ones that are ornate or modern or shiny or more rustic. You know, whatever you like, there is a fireplace screen out there for you. Or you can just make one with plywood and paint. Personalize the screen with anything from a collage of images, stenciled patterns, family photos. You name it, make it personal. But there's some great ways to really just dress up this otherwise dull spot for those summer months and have some fun with it guys okay great ideas this is the money pit home improvement show coming up next time on the program while new home baths have nearly doubled in size over the past 30 years most older home bathrooms average about five by eight feet the ripping out the walls to increase that space isn't the only way to make more room we're going to share ways to use the space to its fullest potential on the very next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Freitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a body pit. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>